Welcome to the Grace City Tampa podcast. My name is Alex Damari. Me and my wife, Brianna, are the lead pastors. Our vision is to lead people into a life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We pray that today's podcast will build you up, lift your faith, and encourage you in the journey. Here's the message. We're going to be teaching from the first book to the Corinth church that Paul wrote today. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 through 11. And this book in the Bible really is where we get a lot of the fundamentals of the early church and how we operate and how we build and develop church as a whole. And I think it's an appropriate place for us seven weeks into church to dive into and to learn what it means to use your gifts for Jesus and, and the things that God offers. And this might be a bit of a weird take on it, but I hope that today that God is going to speak something in and through you. So are you ready for the word? We got five people ready for the word. Are you ready for the word? Noah Grimes is ready for the word right there. I see him clapping his hands. Just put a couple drumsticks in his hand and then you get loud. I love it. Chapter two, verse four. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration, everybody say demonstration, of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. There you go right there, Paul just taking the pressure off himself. You know, what you might not know about the church in Corinth is they're actually a brand new city. They'd only been a city for about 100 years when this letter was written to them. So they're fresh with culture, fresh with making money. It's actually a port city on both sides. And so from both sides, they're making money as a shipping culture. They have more than enough money, more than enough what they need earthly. And so Paul is trying to say, hey, listen, I'm not doing this in my own strength like you've been building this city and this nation in your own strength. I'm doing it by a demonstration of God's power. That's how we should approach it, amen? That's how we should look at it. It's not in our own strength, but it's a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So verse six, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that's been hidden and that God destined for a glory before time. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would have not crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared. Everybody say prepared. For those who love, everyone say love. Him. These are the things that God has revealed by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Let's pray. Lord, we're just so open. We come with no other agenda other than to worship you, to glorify your name, to be changed from the inside out. So help us to be changed for you. Help this word to sink deep today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. The title of my message today is, There is More Untapped Potential. Everybody say, there is more, there is more. Untapped, untapped Potential. You know, I don't know about you, but the last year and a half has, 
has brought me to a place where I've realized I've kind of watched a lot of weird shows. Anybody else in the room? Yeah, you're, you're not being honest. Let's be real. It's kind of funny if you're looking on all the streaming services, there are some very interesting shows that people get, you know, into, if we're going to be real. I'm not talking about like weird, weird. I'm talking about weird, okay? Anybody got me there? That's fine if you don't. When I'm talking about weird, I'm talking about people that are watching like, like men go down into the Everglades on these like boats and catch pythons, right? They'll, you just get caught up in some weird show. Nobody else in here has ever watched a show like that. Okay, or like people going up into Alaska and like mining for gold, like the world is ending with the most dramatic music you've ever heard. I mean, we can just watch some weird drama shows about people's lives and it's just kind of like interesting, but Brianna and I will, will do a little bit of like trying to find shows together. We don't really like the same kind of shows. I'm like superhero movies all day long. She's like, I love drama and I love documentaries, you know what I mean? And I'm like, don't put something like reality in front of me, right? I just, I just want to watch some superhero punch somebody in the face. It's kind of what I love to watch. But we got, for some reason, even on our honeymoon, for some reason we were watching like this homestead show where people are like making homesteads in Alaska. We were both sunburnt to a crisp and we're like, let's just watch this show. Everything else doesn't make sense. But this last year we found this show called Homestead Rescue. I don't know what it is. We're not going to go start a homestead. Don't worry. But we, we found the show and we watched a couple episodes here and there and it was kind of like one of those ones that you have on in the background. Anybody else have a show like that? You're like, oh, I guess that'll be good and let's just talk and hang out. But I remember we started the show and they go in, it's a dad, a son and a daughter that go into these homesteads and they basically are helping these people bring it back to life before they lose their homestead, right? It's like the poor version of Extreme Makeover, Home Edition, you know what I mean? They're coming in and they're like building chicken coops and it's like the big reveal of a chicken coop, right? They're doing like everything from like, oh, here's our bathroom, it's this little outhouse out here and they're like putting a new toilet seat on it and the big reveal of a toilet seat, whoa! It's amazing, weird show if I'm gonna be honest, right? We haven't watched it in a minute. Uh, just a couple days actually, let's be real. But there was this one episode that was really intriguing, intriguing. About 40 miles out of the nearest city was this settlement of all these RVs and they called it a homestead. I think it's camping, but it's okay. And these people are sitting out here, they have no source of water. They have no food and they're driving every other day, 40 miles there, 40 miles back, to get water. So this show comes to this place, and they begin to help them make a chicken coop, help them, you know, guard up their houses against scorpion snakes. I'm like, why would anyone ever live there? Yet yeah, we live in Florida. It's okay. But uh, there they are fixing up this house, and on the second day, the daughter goes, we got to figure out how to get you guys water, obviously. Water is life. And so the daughter calls up a friend and says, bring your drill out, we're gonna drill for water. And, she, and they're in the high desert, they're up in the mountains of Arizona, and there comes this massive drill, and she goes, like, what's the percentage of us finding water? And he goes, I would honestly say less than 5%. And she's like, okay, so you're saying there's a chance, right? <laughs> so they just start drilling for six days. And on this show, they're drilling down, drilling down. You know, they're doing like four holes a day, looking for water, looking for water. And finally, the last day, probably just Hollywood dramatics, if we're going to be honest, but the last day, the last 30 minutes, all of a sudden, they tapped into water. And the whole family, you could just see tears coming down their face, and they're running, and water's flowing up from the ground. And all of a sudden, there was a glimmer of hope that there was something that was tapped into. Now they can live their life to the fullest where they're at. 
And you know, I was thinking about that show when I was writing this message and the idea that, you know, I think so often we are just like this desert, that we think that there's no hope for us, that our gifts have run dry, that our potential has found its limit, that our abilities are limited. But can I speak the life and love of Jesus over each and every one of you today? That you are called, you are chosen, you are assigned by the almighty God, you are loved. No matter your, your, your fall, your failures, it doesn't matter. I want to tell you today that God loves you and he believes in you and he has things for you. And today I really believe the words of 1 Corinthians that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has conceived. It doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter what you've come up against in your life. I'll tell you this. God has prepared things for you. The almighty God has prepared things for you. Amen? So it doesn't matter if you're 15. It doesn't matter if you're 85 in this room. You still have more in you. Somebody needs to hear that today. You still have more untapped potential inside of you. And I believe it in Jesus' name. There is more. I love this the faith in that statement. There is more. Because it means that we are understanding our placement in this world that God actually has more for your life. Tomorrow there could be more. More opportunities to use your gifts for Jesus. More opportunities to speak life. More opportunities to discern, to, to prophesy. There is more inside of you. We gotta live with that kind of faith. You know, I love in Judges 13, 1 through 5, it's the story of this man named Samson. And it was basically, you know, the, the incredible Hulk of the Bible age, right? This guy was a super strong guy, gifted by God to set free the Israelites from the oppression of the Philistines. And so we pick up this story, and I really want to lean into this story for a second. Um, chapter 13, verse 1 said, again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. A certain man, Zorah, named Manoah, from the clan of the Danites, had a wife who was childless and unable to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, that you do not eat anything unclean. You become pregnant, have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite, meaning they're meant to be set apart for God. Dedicated to God from womb, catch this, he will take lead in delivering Israel into the hands of the Philistines. So even before Samson's story was ever written on paper, even before any miracle ever happened in this life, God had already prepared, God had already predecided that this man will take lead in delivering the Israelites. We gotta understand that, the power of that. So here he goes into his first moment that we read in scripture. Samson's walking beside a vineyard and all of a sudden a lion comes out at him. So Samson walks over with his bare hands and rips the lion apart. And the Bible says, like if it were a small goat. Now, I don't have the muscles of Casey McGinnis, but I don't think I've ever been able to rip apart a small goat. Not that I've tried. I know Casey has. How was it, Casey? It was great. It's such an interesting illustration that you like it was a small goat. Like, okay, weird, God. But then Samson would walk into a group of 30 men. He would... He would sit there and defend himself and strip them of all their clothes. And then he walked in 
to an army of a thousand people with a donkey's jawbone, and he killed every single one of them. You can see the potential. You can see the power and the gifts and the abilities that God had put within this man. And I'm not sitting here to tell you today that the gift that God has given you is to walk into a group of 30 guys and strip them of all their clothes. I'm not saying you're going to use donkey's dentures and go and kill a thousand men, right? It's kind of a different age today. We're not going to be doing that. But I want you to understand the power of when God calls, he means it. When God says it, he means it. And his word doesn't return void like Isaiah 55:11 says. See, I doubt that Samson even knew the full level of his gifts until he got put into the spot where he had to use them. Wouldn't you agree? You know, it's even like Brianna, when we had kids, I had no idea if she was going to be a great mom or not. We could talk about all we want. We could read all these books. And all of a sudden, that baby comes popping out. And then here we are with all these kids. Now we have four kids. And Brianna's one of the most incredible moms. She got put into a situation. And all of a sudden, boom, now the gifts are there to nurture, to love to raise our children. Same with Samson. He gets put into a place. He's backed into a corner, and the gifts of God had come out. See, I don't know if you guys remember some of the first jobs you had in your life. I can think back now. My very first job was vacuuming our church. My parents are pastors, and I would sit there and vacuum church for like 20 bucks a week, making bank, you know what I'm saying? And then, uh, you know, when I turned 15, I went and got a job at a local grocery store being a meat department cleanup boy, right? Uh, it was a really honestly terrible job. Disgusting, cleaning up raw meat all day long, smelled terrible. It was great. I got fired from that one. We'll save that for another sermon, okay? It was wrongful termination, okay? It wasn't my fault. A little bit of my fault. It's okay. The next job I got, I just, I just went next level. I worked at Pizza Hut, okay? I got my Pizza Hut job, and I loved it. I got my 50% discount. I was buying pizza, chicken wings, feeling terrible. It was great. But I remember uh, at my interview with my manager named Sean. I sat there with Sean, and I was interviewing for a host position, standing at the front door, showing people where to sit, kind of like Casey McGinnis's role right here, right? Hosting. And I was meant to answer phones in the in-between time, clean dishes, really glamorous job. But in the interview, my boss said something to me. He goes, you know, actually, I see some potential inside of you that you could actually wait tables. And I was like, really? That's great. And he's like, yeah. He's like, let's just get you going, understand the culture here, and then uh, we'll let you go. So about a month and a half in, it was a slow day. And he goes, Alex, I want you to go wait this table without any training had no idea how to wait a table. I walk up all shaky with my, you know, pen in hand, like, I'm going to take your order. Absolutely botched their order. I remember bringing out the wrong pizzas, the wrong sauces. They're like, I wanted ranch, and I gave them barbecue sauce. I, all these things, right? And I remember going back to my boss going, I'm never going to get that opportunity again. And he goes, Alex, it was your first time. It's okay. Let's just try again. Here comes another table. And that, that moment was very significant for me. Because I stepped out of my comfort zone and tried something I had never tried before, and I failed, and then yet I got another opportunity to try it again. And can I tell you that that job was the reason I was able to go to Bible college. I made enough money. It was a couple months in. He gave me the number one section with the most tables and the best tipping spot in the, in the entire restaurant, and I, for the next year and a half, was one of the main servers of Pizza Hut, right? Claim to fame, yeah. That's why church is so great. No. Pizza for everyone right now. 
But I remember, you know, I would go and I would serve all these, I would have up to 10 tables at a time. My capacity as someone who could carry information, I was one of those servers who didn't have to have the notepad anymore. I would just listen to all their pizzas because there's only a certain amount of toppings anyways. And I would just make these pizzas and we'd do the thing. And I remember that's how I got to college. And even when I got to college, I was able to get a great serving job to make money there. See, I think sometimes uncomfortable new situations and people in your life can actually bring out gifts and abilities out of you that you didn't even know that you had. And I found this to be true in my life, that God uses people to call it out. He blesses your faith to step out, and he uses your grind to equip you. You're not going to be ready to take on every situation, to use your gifts at a massive level until you actually get in the pit and you start grinding and you start moving forward and that begins to equip you. God uses people to call it out. He blesses your faith to step out and he uses your grind to equip you. See, the problem is, is we in our humanity, we find excuses for a lot of things, whether personality or we don't have the right training or we don't have the right ability. And I just think we have to figure out how to remove excuses and begin to trust God that he's prepared something great for us. Right. You know, I have, Brianna and I have a lifelong friend and she's one of those diehard Enneagram followers, right? Do we have any diehard Enneagram followers in here? A couple honest people in here. Yep, I see you, I see you. Now, I want you to know, little does everybody even know what the Enneagram is? A personality test kind of getting you where, understanding where you're at and areas you can grow and strengths you have. It, I would say it's the best personality test that is out there. But I, I think sometimes people can use it as a crutch. And this is where I might have some issues with Enneagram. Sorry, everybody that raised your hand, okay? But the reason I can have some issues is we have a lifelong friend who will come up to a situation and go, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Because it says, you know, I'm an Enneagram 4, and it says that that's one of my weaknesses, so I'm just not going to do it. And I'm like, okay, I just asked you to stack chairs, you know what I mean? Like, no, I only, I got to float in the clouds. That's what it says on the paper. Or like, she'll, you know, she, I remember one time she said this. She said, well, I respond this way because I'm a 4, and that's how 4s respond. And I was like, yuck. I hope she doesn't listen to this, but... Don't get me wrong, there isn't a better tool, I promise you. If you're looking to figure out where you're at right now, Enneagram is great. And you'll see the places that are your strengths and focus on those and grow your strengths. You'll see the places that are your weaknesses. That doesn't mean that they can't be gifts used by God. God has called us all to evangelize. He's called us all to prophesy. He's called us all to use our gifts. He's called us all to be disciples and to disciple others. And so no matter what the excuse is, you're called to greatness. I really believe even Enneagram should never be used as an excuse in the areas that God has called us to. There's a list of about 18, and there might be more, might be less, depending on how you lay them out. And so, uh, you know, forgive me on that, but of spiritual gifts, 18 spiritual gifts, laid out in Romans 12, Ephesians 4, and Corinthians 12. And we have a couple of them here. I'm going to put them up on the screen for you. But uh, there's the gift of administration, of pioneering, of discernment, of encouraging, evangelism, faith, giving, healing, hospitality, knowledge, leadership, pastoring, shepherding, prophecy, perceiving, teaching, serving, ministry, showing mercy, speaking in tongues and wisdom. See, God is actually calling each of us to operate in these gifts, to be empowered by the Spirit 
Even Paul says that when it comes to speaking in tongues, he wishes that each and every one of us would do it. Meaning that all of these gifts are accessible to you. Can I tell you that today? Now, it doesn't mean you're going to get them all. But I want to tell you today that these gifts are accessible to each and every one of you. And I know that someone can look up here and find some place for them to serve. Whether it's a, a, a big role, a small role, whatever it looks like to you. God is calling us to use our gifts to further the gospel. And you were meant for greatness. Don't allow the lies of the enemy. Don't allow culture around you. Don't allow the grind that it takes to develop your gift to stop you from attaining the amazing gifts God has for you. So if we come back around to our main scripture, I want to land the plane right around here. If we come back around to 1 Corinthians 2.9, I want to read it again. It says, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things that God has revealed to us by the Spirit. So I'm going to give you three points. Are you ready? If you're taking notes, which you should be, we're a note-taking culture. Pull out your phones. There is more untapped potential for you. I want to give you three steps to reveal what God has for you today. Is that all right? Yeah. A little practical, but I want us to lean in. I want us to carry it. I want us to leave with something that we can hold on to and be changed from today. Three steps to reveal what God has for you. First, he's prepared. We respond and we inquire. He's prepared. We respond and we inquire. Number one, he's prepared. Understand this. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says that God has prepared. Understand that God has God-given gifts, talents, and abilities, and he has plans for you. Understand that it doesn't come from you, but it's a gift given from God that's already inside of you, and you just need to, you need to tap into it and get it out of you. It's already there. In Matthew 7, 11, it says this, how much more will the Father in heaven give you good gifts if you ask him? He already prepared the things inside of you. I remember my first birthday present I got from Brianna. I was 21 years old. I was just recently a brand new youth pastor. And Brianna shows up to my house with this basket of shirts that I loved, of the brand of shoes that I loved. I remember she shows up with all these little goodies in the basket, shows up with some root beer because I was a pastor, youth pastor. I was like, bring it on, 21 years old, drinking a root beer. You know what I'm saying? And I remember it was such a meaningful gift. I still remember to this day the importance of that gift. Why? Because it wasn't just a random assortment of gifts. It was actually a very meaningful gift because she knew me. She knew what I liked. She knew what I wanted. And she gave me a gift according to that. This is what God is doing for you. Before you were born, he has prepared gifts for you. He has prepared abilities for you. Before you were born, he can see the beginning to the end. He knows where you're at. And so that's the beauty of it, that he is prepared for you. Number two is this. We respond. Our response is to love the Lord our God. It says it in 1 Corinthians 2, 9. It says, God has prepared for those who what? Love him. So it comes from a place of love. See, we don't access gifts by first asking. That's our human response. You want something? Yep, let me ask for it. No. We ask, access them by loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. In Matthew 22, verse 37, it says, the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the very word that's mentioned in 1 Corinthians, those who love him, is the very same 
word that's used in John 3.16, for God so loved the world, the agape love, the sacrificial, the full encompassing, giving of yourself, the passionate love. We need to love the Lord in that way. And just even with Brianna and I, as an example, I can't imagine our relationship if I just always asked for things and didn't have a relationship to base it off of. It would feel so empty and, and wrong. But yet, from our love, from our relationship, we can ask for things and we can complete each other. Rather than coming full of ourselves and say, give me what I need, we're able to come to each other and go, how can I serve you and how can I love you? And that's when relationship is complete. That's when love is complete. And just know God already did that for you. You don't need to love him first because he already loved you. And he sent his son to the cross for you to show you that love as a display of his love and affection for you. So now your response can be love and knowing God at that level. Number three, we inquire. It says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, God is prepared for those who love him. And these are the things God has revealed by his spirit. So, things are revealed by His Spirit. This is when we ask the Spirit to reveal through people, through experiences, through the Word, through trial and error, through the grind. You just have to know that you have so much more in you than you give yourself credit for. You know, this last week, my mom and Brianna's mom uh, called us and go, what do you guys want for Christmas? Now, I don't really believe that it's Christmas shopping unless it's like the day before Christmas because you got to have like that anxiety in you. You know what I mean? Like, Am I going to find anything good or not, right? But they called us and they go, yeah, we'll make, you know, we'll open up like a, an Amazon wish list and your kids can just go shopping online and pick out whatever they want. This was not the case for me as a kid, right? Anybody else? It was like a little piece of paper with a pencil and an envelope, right? And you write down all your dreams. I want a boom box. I want a, I want a skateboard. I want a flashlight, whatever, blah, a Nintendo. You write it all down, you put it on the paper, and you rarely ever got any of it. Anybody else? You ever, I mean, maybe you got a pair of socks, and they're like, see, we got you. It has a boombox on the side. No. Back when they were called boomboxes. You know, it's interesting, the difference. My parents would look at the list, and they would go, he needs this, he needs this. This is something that would be beneficial for him. A TV in his room, seven years old, probably not beneficial. A phone in his room at nine, probably not beneficial, right? Some of you had it, you know it wasn't beneficial, okay? It's interesting, my parents had an opportunity to say, yep, that's beneficial, that's not beneficial. My kids, shopping on Amazon this week, got to just pick up to $50, whatever you want. Emerson's like, I want this Lego, I want this Lego, and they are at our house already. It's like, what is going on? We're gonna be wrapping them. I really believe God works the same way. There might be things in your life that you're like, oh man, God, I really need this right now. And he's looking at your list and he's going, actually you don't. That's not the right thing for you right now. It's not the right timing for you right now. Yeah, it might be on your list and it might be a desire of your heart. And, and Proverbs even says that God will give you the desires of your heart, but that doesn't mean that it's in your timing. It means it's in God's timing. And he sees that all and he knows it all. And he's going to give you what you need in the timing that you need it. Matthew 7, 7 says this. Ask 
and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. You need to simply step out in faith and ask. If it's a no, it just means not yet. If it's a no, it just means God has something else for you and you gotta trust God on that. So, hear me on this. He's prepared. He's already gone there. Hear me on this. We respond with love to God. Before you were created, he prepared. And now how we operate is we respond with love to God. And now we inquire that the Holy Spirit would reveal what he has for us. Revealing means it's already there and he's just pulling the cover off and saying, here's what I got for you. We gotta trust that God has already gone there for us. Amen? Amen. See, the reality is that we live in a very fallen and broken world and we're fighting against a very real enemy that's trying to kill, steal, and destroy from you. So you could be Samson in this room with some of the most incredible gifts that have ever walked the face of the planet. You could be someone who goes, man, look at all these talents, look at all these abilities. I can pretty much do anything. Or maybe even you just got a couple things you know you're really good at. Administration, hospitality, whatever it is. And you look at those things and you go, man, yeah, I, I can see I'm just like Samson. But if we read on in Samson, we see that there was a moment when he got caught up in sin and got delivered into the hands of the enemy. And what was spoken in his early days, don't let a razor touch his head, a razor touched his head. And there it goes, they cut off his man bun. And they then begin to beat him to a pulp. They gouge out his eyes and there is one of the most gifted men who was meant to lead people out of Israel, to deliver them, to take the lead. There he is, left for dead. They brought him into prison and then we pick up the story in Judges 16, 25 through 30. It says, while they were in high spirits, they shouted, bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called out Samson out of the prison and he performed for them. When they stood among the pillars and Samson said to the servant who held his hand, put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there. On the roof were about three thousand men and women watching Samson perform. He must have had a great performance. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me, please, God, strengthen me once more. And let with one blow me get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached toward the two central pillars, one on the temple, bracing himself against them, with his right hand and the one on his left hand on the other. Samson said this, let me die with the Philistines. And then he pushed with all of his might and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed more when he decided or when he died than when he lived. Let's go back to Judges 13.5. Can you put that up on the screen for me? Judges 13.5. Look at the end, go to the, next, go to the next slide. Look at the end, everybody. You will become pregnant, have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is in Nazareth. And then it says this, he will take lead in delivering the people from the hands of the Philistines. It doesn't matter what you've done. 
It doesn't matter how far you've run. It doesn't matter what sin you're caught up in. It doesn't matter what addictions. It doesn't matter what the attacks of the enemy are, what the lies of the enemy are for you. Can I tell you today that God's word doesn't return void? Can I tell you today that God's call is irrevocable on your life? And he's just waiting for his people to come to him humbly and say, God, I am desperate. I know I've made mistakes. I know I've gone the wrong direction, but here I stand. Use me for your glory one last time. Let your call be irrevocable in my life. Would you stand to your feet? I want to speak that over your life today. God has things for you. God has gifts for you. He has abilities for you. There is more untapped potential in you. Put your hand over your heart. Say, there is more untapped potential in me. We even probably have some heroes of the faith in here, I would say. Some people who have been on the journey for years and years and helped with ministry, helped further the kingdom of God financially, helped further the kingdom of God with their gifts. Can I tell you there's more for you? Can you receive that today? There's more for you. You're just scratching the surface of the potential. You're just scratching the surface of the things that God has for you. He has prepared. So respond with love and inquire of the Holy Spirit. Reveal the gifts that you have for your children. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. You know, we're not naive to think that maybe some of you came in here and your relationship isn't right with God. You would say that you don't know Him. Or maybe you've wandered from Him. And I just want to say today is your day. Today is the day that you can discover a relationship with Jesus or you can get your life right with him. So I'm gonna to count to three and I'm gonna give you the opportunity to give your life to Jesus or rededicate your life to Jesus. One, know that God loves you very much. He died on the cross to save you. It says in John 3:16 that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. He cares about you and he wants a relationship with you. That's why he sent his son. Two. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation, so you don't need to wait any longer. You don't need to sit on the sidelines any longer. Take the step of faith and enter into the relationship God has. Three, if that's you, would you raise your hand? You want to get your life straight with God. You want to get your relationship straight. Come on, can we lift up a round of applause for the people raising their hands right now? Hallelujah! It says in the Bible that all of heaven rejoices when even one gives their life to Jesus. So. We're gonna pray a prayer together. And would you repeat after me? And if you raise your hand, would you say this for the first time? Say, dear God, come into my life. Make me a brand new person and give me a brand new start that I may walk with you all the days of my life. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the grave. You are Lord, you are King. I give you everything I have. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, can we celebrate people coming to Jesus in this house? I love it. God is doing a miraculous work in this place. Well, hey, right now, I wanna give you an opportunity to respond to what God is speaking into your heart. Could every one of you just raise your hands all across this room? God, you see the untapped potential in this room. 
and I speak release by the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that the walls of doubt, the walls of insecurity would be broken by the mighty name of Jesus. There is more untapped potential. Let us dig deep, deep wells. Let us find the water, the living water that you have for us and for your people. Let it be today by the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Come on, let's sing this out. Thank you for listening to the Grace City Tampa podcast. Stay tuned for more weekly messages from our church.